listening to Theology and Apologetics with Thomas Fretwell. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to continue looking at some of the uh, questions that came from the Elevate Youth Conference, the Q&A sessions. We only dealt with really the top five most voted for questions on the night, and there were a lot of other questions that could have been answered that did receive a lot of votes. So for the next few episodes of the podcast, we're just going to simply go through them uh, and give some responses to those questions. Now, the next question that got quite a number of votes but didn't make it into the the top five for the night was, has science buried God? This question comes in a number of different forms. You're probably all familiar with the the warfare scenario. This seems to show that the world operates under this presumption that religion and science are kind of locked into this mortal battle and only one of them will end up being victorious and in the minds of many obviously that's science. Religion is a relic of the past and we need to emerge from that, uh, throw off the shackles of this old old religion and and come into the, the fullness of the scientific revolution. At least that's the way it's presented. And because of this, because people do trust scientists, uh, this can be a block for some people from coming to faith and that's why you get this question coming up so much. And many of the the so-called new atheists like to play on this warfare scenario. A recent book by Professor Jerry Coyne, one of the new atheists, exemplifies this. His new book is called Faith Versus Fact, Why Science and Religion Are Incompatible. Okay, so that means a very strong title, isn't it? Pulling no punches there, it gets straight to the point. Why science and religion are incompatible. And of course, when you present something like this, you're you're automatically assuming or, or... saying without saying so to speak that if you are religious you cannot be a scientist because the two things are at odds and now this is not true to reality and the argumentation is very weak but it's a powerful image that is entrenched in popular culture another new atheist a guy by the name of Sam Harris he wrote a book called The End of Faith a few years back now uh, a little quote from that book he, he charges that science is a completely factual enterprise Whereas theology is now little more than a branch of human ignorance. Okay, now, of course, you can see the bias coming through there, but these are the sort of things that we find. These, the new atheists have kind of fallen out of favour a little bit with um, even atheists themselves because of their approach and the way they make these sort of statements that are really just unsupportable by the evidence. A recent response to this by Alistair McGrath, who's currently the Andreas Idros Professor of Science and Religion at the University of Oxford, He says that the historical record is not one of unmitigated hostility between the church and the scientific enterprise. He says, quote, that the warfare scenario is now seen as a hopelessly outmoded historical stereotype, which scholarship today has totally discredited. And that's the view, obviously, that I think is is most accurate and that the evidence supports. You see, the reality is that science and religion, and I'm really referring specifically to Christianity here, have shared a very long and fruitful relationship with you with each other. So what has happened? I think in many cases these new scientists or these new atheists in many sense have really hijacked the definition of science and they are insisting very strictly on a purely naturalistic and you can really read that atheistic understanding of the term. Now this was not the historical understanding of the term, this is really more of what what they call scientism. That's a, a very strict belief that scientific knowledge is the only way of knowing truth. I believe we can show this to be false quite easily. Now, in this, for this sort of scenario, we're, we're doing a short Q&A session. I can't get into the, the, the philosophy of science and scientism. I just want to give you two illustrations that hopefully will put to bed this view that there is some sort of apocalyptic struggle between science and religion. 
The first example was made aware to me as I was doing a tour at the grounds of Cambridge University. And as we came to the doors to the old Cavendish Laboratory, this is a you know, very prestigious laboratory. Uh, this is where the DNA was. Watson and Crick discovered the DNA uh, double helix. This is where the neutron and electron were discovered. In fact, there's been over 29 Nobel laureates come through the doors, these particular doors of the uh, Cavendish Laboratory. Now, what's interesting is that on top of these doors, it's written in Latin, I won't read the Latin, I'll read you the English, there is a quote, and it reads this, Great are the works of the Lord, they are studied by all who delight in them. It's from Psalm 111, verse 2. Now think about this, this is on the doors to the Cambridge University Cavendish Laboratory. Great are the works of the Lord, they are studied by all who delight in them. Now this is a very curious thing to have across the doors if the, the warfare scenario is to be believed. So it was worth looking in to find out how this got there. And now this was actually put there at the behest of the first professor of the Cavendish Laboratory, a man by the name of James Clerk Maxwell. Now if you have ever done any physics you'll be aware of this man or any science at all, you'll be aware of who James Clark Maxwell is. Um, his equations of electricity and magnetism, um, his work in areas of electromagnetic theory, thermodynamics, he's really widely believed to have paved the way for many of the great discoveries of 20th century physics. Now one thing, he strongly believed that, that his scientific research was to be conducted in light of the Bible and was in fact a way to study the works of God. Shortly after Maxwell's death, this prayer was found in one of his journals, and it's very similar to that quote that we read above the doors that he had put above the doors on, on the uh, Cavendish lab. It says this, Almighty God, who created man in thine own image, and made him a living soul that he might seek after thee and have dominion over thy creatures, teach us to study the works of thy hands, that we may subdue the earth to our use and strengthen the reason for thy service, and so to receive thy blessed word, that we may believe on him whom thou hast sent, to give us the knowledge of salvation and the remission of our sins, all of which we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now that was a prayer from his journal there. So you can see one of the greatest scientists of the 20th century clearly didn't believe the warfare scenario. And in fact, he believed that his scientific work was being done to further strengthen our own reason that we could understand the creation that God has made. Let me give you one more example now. Albert Einstein, he's probably the most well-known scientist today, even by people who are, who are not at all related to the, in the field of, of, of science. Everyone knows Albert Einstein. His theories of relativity are really fundamental to modern physics. If you were to go to Albert Einstein's office or his study, he used to have three pictures hanging above his desk. Now, you can learn a lot by someone going into their study and looking at the pictures above their desk. These were his heroes, his scientific heroes. It's very interesting to look at who these people were. One of these people, these scientific heroes hanging above Einstein's desk was Sir Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton, again, most people have heard that name. His, um, his theory of universal gravitation, the three laws of motion made him, again, he's probably, you know, with Einstein, many people would say above Einstein, in fact, the most famous scientist around. The second picture was of a man named Michael Faraday. He discovered benzene, he invented the transformer, he was very well known for his skill and experimentation. And the third picture above Einstein's desk was that of James Clark Maxwell, who we've already talked about before. 
So you have these three scientific geniuses. These guys are the absolute top of the scientific field. If you really wanted to name three of the most influential scientists, these are them. Now there is one thing that all of these men had in common, and that was an unwavering and unflinching belief in the God of the Bible. All three of them, and they all saw their scientific endeavours as a way to further understand the works of God. You see, they expected the natural world to be orderly and discoverable precisely because God is a God of order. This is why the scientific revolution was really birthed from within a Judeo-Christian framework. Now, why? In order for science to operate, it has to work with a number of assumptions about the world, and it's, these men believe that these assumptions are best explained by the Christian worldview. You see, the concepts required by the scientific method, such as uh, testable and repeatable experimentation, all assume that there is uniformity to the universe. And they would say that God upholds the universe in such a consistent way that we can fully expect the universe to function according to specific laws that we can study. And they saw their science as a way to study these laws. The great philosopher of science, A.N. Whitehead, Alfred Whitehead, he credited the origin of science to Christianity's insistence on the rationality of God. So with just these two examples, we've seen that the relationship between science and Christianity is interwoven right back into history. And there was good reason for it, because it's the Christian worldview that provides the, the order and the rationality for believing that there should be these specific laws in the universe. Uh, so the, the warfare scenario really should die a death. It lives on in the Internet. But as far as academic scholarship is concerned, it's no longer warranted. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please go to thomasfretwell.com.